The Way Out Podcast, episode 200. I'm Katie Patton from Parkersburg, West Virginia. Uh, my drug of choice was meth, and my clean date is November 30th, 2017. And uh, my method for recovery is Jesus and the 12 Steps. I was addicted for about 15 years, off and on. I just always felt like I didn't fit in. So I wanted to fit in, so I started playing music uh, young, and that was kind of my ticket into feeling included in uh, the party scene. You know, it was a real easy way to make friends that like to drink beer and have bonfires. <laughs> so I started partying, smoking pot and stuff um, in high school, and um, you know, I never thought in a million years that it would take me, you know, where it did. Got married right out of high school. Had two kids right out of high school, and then um, that fell apart. The marriage fell apart. My parents got real concerned at that point, and they intervened. And were like, we'll take the kids for a little while while you get it together, because I was like, just having a hard time holding it together post-marriage. And then it was like, kind of off to the races for me at that point. So um, I continued to use various drugs of choice over those years until in 2009, I got arrested um, and ended up in drug court. Did really well in drug court. I um, stayed sober for four years from 2009 to 2013. I got a job working in recovery, uh, working at a halfway house during that time. And um, really, though, what happened was I substituted my working in recovery for being in recovery. I really was thriving in uh, my recovery at that time and then I, I stopped going to meetings and I stopped talking to my sponsor and I stopped um, being able to share you know in meetings about where I really was because I thought that if I shared where I was that the uh, girls at the sober house wouldn't be able to like trust me you know so I kind of lost my sacred meeting place um, and then ultimately yeah, I ended up relapsing. I lost control completely. What took four years to create took about three minutes to destroy. I just, you know, crashed and burned, lost everything. Lost the house, lost the job, lost the kids again. I knew that I had to cut ties with the boyfriend. I knew if I came back that I was gonna go back and, and that it was gonna be bad if I um, got back with him, but I did it anyway, over and over. And every relapse was worse than the one before. Every time that I went back out there, it was worse and worse and worse. Uh, until this last time when I finally decided to surrender completely to God uh, in November of 2017. The journey from getting clean in, in 2017 to where I am now has been all God. Like it's been, um, God's had his hand on every, every area of my life. Welcome Way Out faithful and first timers to this week's installment of the Way Out podcast. We appreciate your ears. Our mission is simple to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. The Way Out podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and AllRecoveryRings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, 
online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Every week we'll be asking for your thoughts on next week's topic. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. I'm Charlie, and in this installment of The Way Out, co-host Jason has an outstanding interview with Katie Patton. Now, I stopped believing in coincidences somewhere inside of my first six months of recovery, and I ain't about to start now. The fact that we had a last-minute cancellation creating a gap in our weekly episode rhythm combined with the fact that Jason was quite literally on a trip with Katie who'd already agreed to be on the show and the house of their mutual friend they were staying in had a professional voiceover studio? Well, color me convinced that the god of my understanding wanted Katie's story to be our 200th episode a feat I wouldn't have dreamt possible prior to my own recovery in 2014, round about five and a half years ago. Katie's story is one that in large measure is living on both ends of the spiritual spectrum, from a militant and for a stretch sober atheist to a down and dirty struggle with addiction, in and out of treatment, to finally a full in complete surrender to the God of her understanding in Jesus. Katie shares in an ultra-relatable, humble, and downright inspiring fashion what was blocking her from true recovery, along with the essence of what ultimately brought about true change in the enduring and fulfilling recovery that followed. So listen up. Hey everyone, welcome to the Way Out Podcast, episode 200. I missed you guys, it's been like a month, and I'm glad to be back on the show. I'm out here on location in North Carolina at my friend's home, in his voiceover studio, with my friend Katie Patton, and Katie's going to share her story with us today, and let us know about her life in recovery, and what she's doing today. So, Katie, say hi. Let everybody know what's up. Hi, everyone. So, you want to share with us briefly, like, your your clean date and uh, what your, you know, DOC was and maybe your method of recovery or the modality of recovery that worked for you? Sure. So, I'm Katie Patton from Parkersburg, West Virginia, 
Uh, my drug of choice was meth, and my clean date is November 30th, 2017. And uh, my method for recovery is Jesus and the 12 steps. Boom. That works for me, too. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys don't know, but Katie is the best friend of Heidi Davis, who I had on the show recently. And we had an awesome talk when I had Heidi on, too. So, um, you know, me and Katie became friends through Facebook and then ended up deciding to do a random adventure. And now here we are on a random adventure and our creator and host charles had a cancellation this sunday for a interview so i said well i just happened to be here with somebody who i was about to have on the show anyway maybe we could record and then of course my friend frank's like oh i have my voiceover studio downstairs and i'm like what so i was like this is weird and if and then dude you guys don't even know if you're here on this trip God's hand's been all over a lot of different situations in this trip, connecting some people together um, from this area with my friends who just moved here who are looking for a home church and stuff. So it's just really weird. God's been moving this week, and I have no doubt that this is the same thing right here. You know, God wants you, Katie, to be up on this microphone right now telling these people what's up. So with that being said, I'm going to let you take it away. I might interject here and there, but otherwise it's really, you're running the show here, lady. So tell us your story, all right? Okay. So um, I was addicted for about 15 years, off and on. Um, I grew up in Parkersburg and um, I started like everybody else starts. Our stories are all pretty similar. Um, Started partying, you know, I always wanted to fit in. I always felt like I wanted to, uh, I just always felt like I didn't fit in. So I wanted to fit in. So I started playing music uh, young and that was kind of my ticket into feeling included in uh, the party scene. You know, it was a real easy way to make friends that like to drink beer and have bonfires. (laughs) So I started partying, smoking pot and stuff um, in high school and, um, you know, I never thought in a million years that it would take me you know, where it did, obviously, but, uh, got married right out of high school, had two kids right out of high school. And then, um, that fell apart. The marriage fell apart. And, um, that led to me having a lot of, um, you know, sketchy characters in my life, um, hanging around my house, uh, with my kids and my parents got real concerned at that point and they intervened. And we're like, we'll take the kids for a little while while you get it together. Because I was like, just having a hard time holding it together post-marriage. So they came in and they were like, you know, we'll help uh, alleviate this responsibility for you. And then it was like kind of off to the races for me at that point. So um, I continued to use various drugs of choice over those years until in 2009 I got arrested. Um and ended up in drug court. So, um, I did the drug court program and, uh, did really well in drug court. I, um, stayed sober for four years from 2009 to 2013. I got a job working in recovery, uh, working at a halfway house during that time. And, um, really though, what happened was I substituted my working in recovery for being in recovery. 
and I would say that's a good point is that, you know, working in the treatment field does not equal a program of recovery. You know, it's, I, I don't, if you've heard of William White, he does, he has a website called William White Papers and it, he's got a whole paper about that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a thing, you know, you, you spend 50 hours of your week every week doing this stuff, you know, with other people. And then you think, you know, that you don't need to do the meetings or you don't need to stay in step work or work with sponsees or any of that. And it's, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so I stopped where I was going to meetings. I had a sponsor. I was sponsoring women in in Narcotics Anonymous and very involved in like service. And I had a great sponsor, a great sponsor line. I I really was thriving in uh, my recovery at that time. And then I, I stopped going to meetings and I stopped talking to my sponsor and I stopped Um, being able to share, you know, in meetings about where I really was, because I thought that if I shared where I was, that the uh, girls at the sober house wouldn't be able to, like, trust me, you know. So I kind of lost my sacred meeting place. um, And then ultimately, I ended up relapsing. So I relapsed after four years, um, which was devastating for everyone involved, because whereas where I had already gotten clean, um, life was already a, just a trail of destruction prior to that. And the kids were drugged through that and they weren't with me and they were with me and they'd come over and visit and they would, you know, there would be just people playing music and hanging around and drinking and doing pills and things like that. And like, that was never what I wanted for them, you know, so I would just, I let them stay. My son stayed with his dad a lot. My daughter stayed with my parents and, and I just really was out. I, lost control completely you know and accountability and accountability yeah right yeah so um because when i got clean the kids came back and uh everything worked really well for a long time i was like a boy scout mom and a cub scout mom and a baseball mom and a 4-h mom and i was in recovery and i was going to meetings did you drive a minivan i did not (laughs) (laughs) i was uh I was, I was definitely a soccer mom and, um, you know, I, I just, it was so hard for them, you know, to go through that because we had pulled it all together. Right. So then we lost, then I lost it all again because I relapsed. And when I relapsed, I didn't have my recovery network intact to lean on because I had stopped going to meetings. I had stopped calling a sponsor and my ego was really in the way because I didn't want anybody to know that I had failed because I worked at a halfway house. You know, I was very, um, very prominent. Oh yeah. Now you're like a big deal. (laughs) You're, 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 uh, you got all these people looking up to you and you have this image now. Uh, and mind you, this is a self-imposed image. Like a, you perceive that you have an image. It doesn't mean, you know, people just see you hopefully as a human, because you are one, but I know what you mean. Like I see it a lot. And I, I was guilty of this earlier on in my recovery too. Like where you're keeping stuff inside because you don't want people to like stop looking up to you or yeah. something. It's like an ego thing for it was sure. Ego. Yeah, it was totally my ego. And so because I let my ego keep me from being vulnerable and just sharing in a meeting, you know, about what I, where I was, um, 
and just going to my sponsor and just being real and taking the risk. You know, I could have lost my job because ultimately I, re- I relapsed and kept my job for a few weeks, not very long because it just everything spun out so fast. Like, you know, I was just it was just so fast. <laughs> like what took four years to create took about three minutes to destroy. So um, so I was using at the sober, not not like physically at the sober house, but using and working in recovery briefly. And then I just, you know, crashed and burned, lost everything, lost the house, lost the job, lost the kids again. Everything went, had this terrible series of just horrible life decisions, like relationships were just awful. Uh, it was all bad. And, you know, of course, my parents get drugged through all of that again and whatever. And that relapse lasted about like two years. And people say like relapse is just part of recovery. Like it doesn't have to be a part of your recovery story. It was devastating, you know. So um, but I, I, I managed to pull myself out of it and um, went to treatment in 2015 um, in Huntington and then completed that treatment program, came back home, got with the old boyfriend, relapsed again. <laughs> Then I stayed out there for a while um, and then went to treatment again and came back home, got back with the old boyfriend, relapsed again. So that people, places and things thing that they say in meetings is so important. And now as a sober house manager, uh, I was just I, I, I use that so much. I'm like, you guys, seriously, like the people, places and things is like maybe the most important part of the recovery thing that you could get. Like that's like the the paramount piece of the puzzle because for me i always went back to the people over and over totally yeah my my thing was like my big stumbling block was the same thing i sit there and i would feel lonely i would feel like a hypocrite well also i never i never understood the fact that you know part of that people places and things means you have to replace those people places and things with new people places and things right otherwise you're left with a void this was my story. I was left with a void. I would be sitting at my kitchen table. This was back in the day when you had your phone numbers written in a notebook, you know, so I'd be flipping through the pages of my notebook. Man, I wonder what he's doing. Oh, I wonder what she's doing, you know, and I'd, I'd be like, nope, can't call him because I don't do math no more or whatever. And no, but then I'd start convincing myself I was a hypocrite and I'd start convincing myself that I, you know, was a traitor and uh, just a bad friend and, uh, you know, just a big double standard on two legs. And, and really though, somebody told me this time around early on, they said, uh, you know, staying away from them doesn't mean that you love them any less. It just means that you love them from a distance while they learn to love them or you learn to love yourself. And it blew my mind, man. I was like, yeah. So I was able to then finally follow that suggestion, you know, and disconnect from, but I was also, um, you know, that suggestion came upon the, because I opened up, right. And I asked for help and then I followed the subsequent suggestion. Mm. Uh, so I was already in the process of replacing them before I actually let them go. So I don't know. You're right. It is key, but I mean, we just get stuck in these ways of thinking like we're going to be turning our backs on people and you know or that you know really like you're never gonna see them again never like all the love is lost all of it because you know of course it's like that's the way we think extremely but um no it's all a bunch of bs you know it is 
Right. Well, and so, and I knew, I knew when I was in Huntington in treatment, I knew that I had to cut ties with the boyfriend. I knew if I came back that I was going to go back and, and that it was going to be bad if I um, got back with him, but I did it anyway, over and over. And so, um, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So I went that around that track about 14 times over the few years that that went on and uh just treatment coming home treatment coming home clean time and relapsing clean time and relapse really only like three times and different towns you know whatever and then i'd come back to parkersburg and relapse so how many different uh did you try different types of programs or whatever so yeah so that i went the first one was faith-based in huntington and it was great and i was a atheist for my first tour in recovery not only did i just i didn't just so it was great because you had a never-ending reason (laughs) to argue with people (laughs) okay it's funny you should say that because that's pretty true um i i i was i hated religion so much my first time in recovery and it was there was things were different like in the world like i was very uh, the political climate was very charged, much like it is now, but this was 10 years ago. Um, and so I was very, got very involved in like politics and, uh, you know, a liberal agenda. And, and I just really, really, really was against anything that had to do with religion and Jesus altogether. I thought it was silly. I thought people really had, you know, just terrible issues. I really had problems with it. So I, <laughs> I just really did. So I um, I argued with people and then I went to a faith-based treatment program in Huntington and and the guy that ran that place started talking about Jesus in a way that was very practical and very real. And he was a recovering addict himself and he had done this thing where he had pulled together this recovery program out of nothing and he just gave God all the glory. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, and I was raised in church, really. Um, so I knew Jesus. I knew God. I knew that I I always wanted to return back to that because, like, I, I was as a youth, as a kid, I was super involved in like a youth group and like mm. I knew Jesus, but I had gotten hijacked at some point, and um, so you get it, hijacked because <laughs> she was getting high. Get it? <laughs> so I um decided to continue to get high after going to treatment over and over until ultimately um and it led me to a needle in my arm you know and every relapse was worse than the one before every time that I went back out there it was worse and worse and worse uh until this last time when I finally decided to surrender completely to God uh in November of 2017 so from there everything's been um i mean it's not been all it's not been super easy but it's awesome from from then to here the journey from getting clean in in 2017 to where i am now has been all god like it's been um god's had his hand on every every area of my life so it's awesome yeah so awesome so now i'm a sober house manager i i was a part of a ministry for a couple of years where i helped um open up a facility for women i was a counselor there god allowed me to work with some amazing people in ministry um which i still uh, have very close ties to them but an opportunity presented itself 
in the last several months to become a the, to do this sober house project in my hometown in Parkersburg. So that was really important to me um, to be able to make a difference in my hometown. So so I decided to um, go ahead and jump on board with that just a couple months ago. And since then, I've gotten reconnected to the recovery community in Parkersburg. I uh, got a great sponsor there and, you know, I'm working the steps there. And for me, that you said at the beginning about the modality of recovery, for me, uh, the joining of those two things of my faith and my belief in Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, which is the most important foundational part of everything in me and that I do, whether it's in recovery or whatever, that's the central part. Uh, and then I also have to have the 12 steps because they give us the tools that we need to work on me. Like I'm able to see where I have, like where I, uh, my, my ego gets in the way or where I'm inconsiderate or where I'm selfish or all these things that, you know, we do, that we struggle with. Um, so for me, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm working a solid 12-step program. I'm also on the worship team at my church. I've got a fantastic church. I've got a wonderful pastor, Janet. Uh, everybody knows Pastor Janet, you know, um, in, in the recovery world in Parkersburg. She's pivotal and, and very uh, important to all of us. So I'm, I'm involved in my church. And I'm involved in a 12-step program. And I am the sober house manager of a new and opening or new and open newly opened three yeah. weeks in <laughs> sober house man in parkersburg and that's what i'm doing so it's awesome yeah it's weird you know what like i don't know about you but when i first got in recovery and i if i i could have listed off what i thought i wanted out of it you know if this could work i want you know to like be able to keep a job for more than a month I want to like see my kid, you know, I want to like not feel like I want to kill myself, stuff like that. But like if I would have only gotten the things that I would have asked for when I decided to try this stuff, I would have shortchanged myself so much, you know, it's like, man, won't he do it? Won't you know? It. Yeah. Yeah. And so my relationship with my kids is even mended. And so God is a God of, a re he's a redeemer. He redeems us. And so he redeems time. So the time that I lost with the kids, all those years of just breaking their hearts and my family, my mom, my dad, you know, he's restored. He's restored and redeemed uh, the years that the locusts have stolen, the Bible says. So, you know, he really did come in and he did like a mighty work in my life. So much so that like I had, I never, ever used you know, I couldn't imagine my life being better now at 36 than it is, right? So it's like he redeemed all of that time for me. And um, so like he's just a miracle worker and he, he really came in and, and, and wrecked my world and um, and has really connected me with some wonderful people, which is how you were talking about God being all over this. Those people, um, I mentioned before High on Hope, those people are the reason that there's a connection right now made in, in Murphy, North Carolina, where we're at, because we connected to some people here uh, who have a church, and then, you know, we ended up, you and I, you know, hook up, and we um, just random adventure it up to the town where these people who you know need to find a church and can link up with the people that I know that have one here in this just obscure 
little town in, in, in North Carolina. I mean, that's amazing. That, that's the kind of thing God wants to do. It is weird. Yeah, he wants to do that. He wants to show himself off. And then like, and then like the thing with the Alaska thing too, it's like, what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a Life Changers, shout out to Life Changers Outreach. There's a Life Changers that just opened up in Alaska. Well, it actually didn't just open up. It's been open for a few years. Uh, in Alaska, and like I can't remember the name of the town because I don't know any towns in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> it's not important, but it's a small some town. small town in Alaska, and the people that we're staying with uh, have some people there that could benefit from that connection with Life Changers Outreach. So I'm um, we were able to link them together, and it's just watching God use us as connector pieces in His you know his story and that's what happens when you submit your will and your life over to the care of god like he will use you in a way that uh, is for other people like your life will be used in a way to bring glory to him and to help others uh, find him so that's beautiful like there's nothing more beautiful than that preach it yeah so you're right you're right so yeah this has been a trip this trip has been a trip <laughs> 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 it really has. And I think about it, you know, it's like <clears throat> somebody told me early on, like, all you got to do is show up. Yeah. <clears throat> and God will take care of the rest. And I didn't believe in God at that time. So I was like, what does that even mean? You know, but it's so true. You know, if you're willing to answer a message, if somebody reaches out to you or or answer the phone if somebody calls you or maybe you see somebody hurting and you just stop for a second and say, hey, you know, are you okay? You don't have to know them to do that. You might be the only person that does that. Um, if they turn out to be a weirdo, you can block, unfriend, walk away, call the cops, whatever, you know. But so, yeah, I mean, is there risk involved in living that way? For sure. But I'll tell you what, like. A lot of the times when I've been of the most service or seems to be like where my help actually worked, because <laughs> a lot of times when I'm showing up and I'm trying to help people, it doesn't work, you know, um, man, it's it's always been stuff like that. Just, being, just submitting yourself to his will. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you messaged me, I could have just ignored you. Yeah. The first time you messaged me. Right. I could have been like, who's this? I don't know you. Yeah. But well, she was saying nice things, so I wanted to hear more <laughs> nice things about myself. Yeah, and it's all because of Heidi Davis. At the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. shout out to Heidi Davis. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, anytime that, and when God moves you, and when he, when, he, when he impresses on you in a way that you feel like moved to do something or moved to make a connection, like look at all the things that have happened. Like now I have a brother in Christ. I've got new uh, new people up here. Uh, that I know in a town, you know, in a land far away. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that you now might move to. We didn't <laughs> yeah. mention that part. This is, no, it's no. been a weird week, y'all. <laughs> it's been wonderful. And it's like, and that's what, it, at the end of the day, like whatever God has for me is all I want. You know, I just want what he has for me. And uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know it? his plans are good. Like his plans are to prosper us. So, and it's funny what you said about, like, you know, reaching out to help people. I, that's why I have a sponsor, because I get in my head 
you know, that's a dangerous neighborhood. So like when this quarantine thing was going on and I was like, I called my sponsor and I was like, listen, I'm going crazy. I bored. I'm like stir crazy. I'm not working. I was in, and we had, I had just come on board to do this sober living project and I was like ready to go. And then we got delayed because of COVID. And then I was just, and I, but I had already left my other job where I was. And so we got delayed. And so I was like at home and I was like, this is horrible. I hate it here. <laughs> I just hate it. <laughs> and so she was like, listen, have you thought about uh, reaching out to someone, to, to other people and being like, how are you handling the quarantine? Like, do you need me to pray for you for anything? Is there anything I can do to help you get through this time instead of just sitting there in self-pity and selfishness and just... You know, so that's why low 12-step program is so important to me because it reminds us to um, to be of service to others. And that's what God's will is anyway. So the two together for me where I just like over and over and over would do them separately. Like I would either have all Jesus and no 12 steps or all 12 steps and no Jesus. And then finally it all came together for me. And now it's just like finally, you know, rocking. So it's weird though, because it's all the, all of the stuff in the 12 steps is like biblical principles that are laid out in the Bible for how a person, like how, like a Christ follower should live. Right. Yeah. And that's a fact. So it's weird to me how, cause I mean, I think I've had, I've had, uh, I, I don't know. Recovery worked for me before I found Christ. Yeah. It was working good. But then again, I felt like once I found Christ and I was, I came to the realization that like God was working in my life through the other people, you know, because I embraced that community aspect and the accountability uh, piece of it where I was um, staying in touch with people that, you know, I trusted and I was letting them guide me. Um, so it was all God, you know, is the way I look at it now. It was all God. But looking at that that way, it's like, I don't know, you know, like now that I know God and I guess I just I had been in this 12 steps long enough at that point where I knew I couldn't let go of that. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to stay connected to that. I knew I needed to work with other addicts. I know I needed other addicts to help me, you know. Um, So it's just it seems so effortless for me to have them both at the same time. Yeah, me too. I guess I don't know what that. What I'm trying to say is like, that's different than my experience. Cause for you, oh, I see. you're like, I knew Christ and then I knew the 12 steps and I, but I would switch one for the other. I would never do them together. And I'm thinking when you were saying that, I'm kind of thinking why? <laughs> like it's so effortless. It's just seamlessly like fits together like a glove, like a, yeah. like a puzzle piece, you know? When I was, when I was working the NA program the first time clean, I used the rooms of NA as my higher power. So I guess in a way, like I knew that there, I, there was an acknowledgement there of a power greater than me, but because I was so anti-God whenever I relaxed on my recovery program of NA, um, I didn't have God there to like fill it in, fill it in. And really it's not like that now. God's not filling in the gap of, of AA for me. God is, uh, AA is filling in. Well, there's no gap. It's all together. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> so. you know, it's like God is moving in all of that, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It is. It's like I said, you guys, this week was so weird. 
some of the people we were able to connect with each other. Um, I, I really enjoyed meeting these people as well. And I hope that we can connect as well, but it wasn't for me, you know, it was, it was for these guys, Frank and Susie, you know? Yeah. And it's so cool though. I think that, uh, it's going to be awesome to hear what happens moving forward with all of that. You know, once I hear like the stories of the, was, what was, happened. Yeah. It was also for us because we got to go in like a helicopter and do all kinds of cool stuff. While yeah. We were that here. was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, no, no big deal. <laughs> that was pretty cool though. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go home, but whatever. Back to reality, you know? Oh, so anyway, you're, you're a sober home. Do you want to plug that? Like what's yeah, that so called? That's Hope Recovery Manor uh, in Parkersburg. So it's so new. Um, you know, we're really like three weeks in. I've got three girls there now and uh, I can house 12 women there. Um, they have to complete treatment before they come to me like inpatient treatment uh, and I can take them um, after treatment. And it's kind of like filling that hole right in the in the whole treatment like process where you're going to detox and then you go to 28 day and then you go to long term and then you go to sober living this sober living is geared to fit that that transitional living sober living gap that um that we have uh you know so it's really yeah it's a blessing all right any other services you want to plug? Because, like, we, we do show notes on our episodes. So okay. if there's resources that you would like the listeners to know about that they can reach out to for help or whatever. Sure. So Brandy's so Legacy is a, um, a faith-based inpatient women's facility in Ohio. Uh, it accepts Ohio Medicaid. Uh, and New Hope Creation Center uh, is, a man, is a men's faith-based inpatient treatment center in um malta ohio both are um faith-based both are ohio medicaid facilities they're fabulous um facilities um you know that's do i need to list like phone names and phone numbers if you no. need either if you need either of those resources you contact tim craft on facebook it's pretty easy to find and he can plug you in with uh treatment uh, Harmony Ridge Recovery Center is another really good one. Uh, the contact person for that seems Mike Sejo. Um, that is in West Virginia. It accepts private insurance as well as West Virginia Medicaid. And there is uh, Life Changers Outreach also in West Virginia. Actually, that's all over the country. Um, the contact people for that are Adam and Vanessa Smith. So those are all really good resources. We'll at put, those places we'll just put that stuff in the show notes cool but you can just talk talk about the stuff you know yeah that's it that's all i got oh yay all right and then what is your favorite like piece of literature that has helped you with your recovery my favorite piece of literature though the bible is probably my favorite piece of literature that's helped me with my recovery but i also really like the big book quite a bit oh I've never got either of those answers before. <laughs> uh, Just kidding. And the basic text. They're probably they're the most yeah. common answers that we get because they are, you know, they're life-changing. Those are definitely spirit-driven pieces of literature. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know, that's, yeah. All, that's all God, in my opinion. Um, what would be your, like, 
if you could pick one piece of advice to give somebody who's seeking recovery uh, or needs recovery or whatever, what would that be? Well, like the best, back. the best piece. That's it. That's it. Keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it works if you work it. Because don't discount. Are you going to say every one-liner? <laughs> Dude, we can do this all day. <laughs> no, I mean, really, it is keep coming back. Like, don't ever stop. It doesn't matter how many times you relapse. It doesn't matter how many times you fall flat on your face and you're humiliated and you have to go back to your family. It doesn't matter. If you're struggling, go back. If you find yourself, you know, in a, in a place where you don't, um, really know what to do, call your sponsor, get to a meeting, get to a church, talk to a pastor and just keep doing it. Keep coming back. Amen. So then I was going to ask you what, like a, a song that's helped you in your recovery, <laughs> oh but is that going to be, don't stop believing? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> because you said, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, because you said, uh, you didn't prepare me for these questions. I feel like I feel like I should have been. You're getting blindsided. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all right. I don't know. It's fun. Rapid fire stuff. Yeah, it's great. I don't know, though. A good song. Uh, probably any worship song gets me through pretty. Um, that's what I. So that's what you do. That's what I do whenever I feel like I'm feeling super chaotic or unable to get my thoughts together. Um, you know, I'll throw on some worship. Um you just showed me some pretty sweet worship music yesterday. Boha Tribe. Shout out to Boha Tribe, Bobby Morrison, Hannah Morrison. They're fabulous worship music from right here in Cherokee, North Carolina. Yeah, it was tight. Very anointed, very um, Holy Spirit driven, beautiful kingdom couple. Check them out. Kingdom couple. Yeah. Man, I want I want to be in a relationship where somebody says right, that. Right. Man, that's a kingdom couple. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, we are. That's going to be awesome. I I have faith that it will happen. All right. Let's see. So I asked you that, 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 and that. I think that's good for that. So we got your information that you want to share with the listeners. Yeah. Is there... Anything else you want to talk about? Because this was like the quickest interview <laughs> in the history of interviews. Dude, don't get me wrong. It's good. We can. We don't have to keep going, but we can if you want. I mean, I'm. I. I don't. I think we've covered all the bases. Like we've really hit the the highlights here. We hit the nail on the head. We did, man. We got it out there. Thank you, Katie Patton. Yep. You done good. Thanks. And thank you all for listening. Uh, really missed you, like I said, and I I just uh, am so grateful to be a part of this show. If you want to share your story on the Way Out podcast, just email us at share at wayoutcast.com and we'll book you. Anybody can share. Uh, and we just love it when the community comes in and we need more fresh perspectives and voices and stories so that we can help people find recovery and hope that they need to do that. So with that being said, y'all take care, and we will see you later. Say goodbye, Katie. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, There you can subscribe to The Way Out Podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, 
and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.